This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Episode 291 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, October 17th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we did that right. <laughs> Should we do that one again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm Kenna. Um, and I'm Mark. There you go. Quick check of that again. <laughs> well, that's right. Elijah can't be with us this week, sad face. But uh-huh. you know who can? <laughs> it's our audio engineer, Winters. Gee, glitch, everyone. So, Mark, why don't you tell us what's coming up in this week's show? This week, we're talking about some highlights of Destination Star Trek Europe, one very special place that's been streaming Star Trek Beyond, and what US President Barack Obama thinks about Star Trek. In Star Trek Online News, it's Ship Week. We're looking at the newest ships winging their way to PC and console. As always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, don't forget to keep the conversation going at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. Speaking of Patreon perks, this week on Priority One After Hours. I'm going to be finishing my ice cream, you carry on. You got yourself an ice cream. Totally chill today. So Elijah's not here with us. It's his opening weekend for the new show that he's in. Um, Mm. No, shut up. It's (laughs) fantastic. Eight episodes is a little tight, I would think, for Star Trek, because you just wouldn't get a chance to get to know any of the characters. The way I look at it, if they're going with 13 episodes per season, every episode better be jaw-droppingly good. This unscripted, uncensored, and unedited recording is available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Now let's check out the latest news from the world of Star Trek. I don't know. Then let's drink it out. It was probably one of the most epic pictures since the LeVar Burton selfie of 2014. Many of the cast and crew from several iterations of Star Trek reunited on the T West Bridge recreation at Destination Star Trek Europe. At the helm, George Takei. At navigation, Walter Koenig. And in the captain's chair, William Shatner. Surrounding them were the likes of Marina Sirtis, Aaron Sharon, Garrett Long, and many, many more. Links to the tweet by at the new Starship will certainly be in our show notes. 
Kenna, you were at Destination Star Trek this year. What can you tell us about your experience there? Okay, well, first of all, I will say that it wasn't Vegas. I'm just going to get that out of the way because everyone's thinking that, let's be honest. Um, yeah, this was a very different experience from something like Vegas, which is sort of all immersive, etc., etc. Um, I thought I thought it was actually very good. It was much better, I thought, than 2014 for me. But uh, also 2014 was a very different experience. So cast your mind back to 2014. I was very much there as a spectator. I was not working on a podcast. And... I, I went with my family, so I was there with two kids, and we were just there for the day. Also, it was sort of a reunion of sorts with all of the TNG crew, uh, so I went to a lot of the talks. I went to see Patrick Stewart, I went to the TNG reunion panel, etc., etc. That was something I didn't do this time. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with how Destination Star Trek works, it's very much a la carte. So you don't have to pay up front for a huge ticket unless you want to do one of the big commander, lieutenant, uh, admiral packages, which are more expensive. Uh, But what you can do is you can just buy a day pass and then pick out photo sessions, autographs, or panels that you want to see. And each of those costs extra. Now, I was there just... I mean, this is my second con this year. <laughs> so I kind of saw a lot at Vegas. Yeah, I know, right? Two cons in two months, look at me. But I didn't feel like I needed to go and do all of that stuff because I kind of did it at Vegas. So I just really bought the weekend tickets. Um, I went to see the talks and the other presentations that were going on on some of the smaller free stages. And generally, I was just there sort of for the atmosphere more than anything else. I would say that the smaller stages were actually very good. And in a couple cases, they had some uh, really big names on them as well. I mean, most of the time, what was going on were things like uh, the cosplay contest, which was highly enjoyable. Shout out to Captain Morgan from 12th Fleet, who him and his buddy came with specially made Star Trek online uniforms, and they looked amazing. I think they did the cosplay contest all three days as well. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) impressive. We also had, uh, they had the Kirkyoki, so oh, um, you could go and do karaoke in the style of Captain Kirk. That was fun. Um, I did not participate, I'm sorry to say. They also had a, a, like a red shirt fight to the death kind of thing, some trivia type things. It was really sort of interactive and fun. Um, but then on one of the other stages, uh, the Voyager stage, I believe it was, mm-hmm. They had quite a few of the actors and producers uh, actually coming on to one of the free stages, which was great. I got to see Christopher Lloyd, Alice Krieg, and Marina Sirtis doing a panel, Mm. which was mostly Q&A, and it was amazing. I actually happened onto that one accidentally. (laughs) I had actually stumbled upon the one prior, which was Ben Robinson from Eagle Moss and John Van Sitters. They were doing a really interesting panel on uh, the history of Star Trek comics and looking at all the different publishers that had had the Star Trek IP for comics over the years, including DC and Marvel. Anyway, I'll have to get Jace on that. He'll have to give you guys a bit of a rundown because it was really fascinating. So I was there watching that and I was quite near the front because there weren't that many people there. And then all of a sudden all these people started sort of filing in and I was like, what's going on? So I just stayed there. And then all of a sudden it's Christopher Lloyd, Alice Krieg and Marina Sirtis and it was amazing and I was right up front for it. It was great. So that was a nice little thing to have. Now, um, a couple of the things that I wanted to compare to Vegas. So one of the things that Elijah talked about 
when we were doing the sort of comparison between Mission New York and Vegas was this idea of the sort of atmospheric things that Vegas does, all in the promenade, you know, the mm-hmm. um, Borg Regeneration Chambers. Garden Forever, all of that. Yeah, all of that. I mean, they didn't have as much, but they did have some. So they actually had, they had one little Borg re- recreation chamber, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was cute. They, they also had a TOS bridge. They had the TNG bridge, uh, which you did have to pay for if you wanted to get photographs taken on them and they also had a Klingon bridge which oh, that's I, um, yeah which I hadn't seen before it was only small but it was really cute I, I'm not I can't remember if you needed to get a ticket for that one I imagine you probably did but that was a nice little addition and they were dotted around so you could kind of meander through the hall to get to those mm. The other one I wanted to talk about was actually the vendors. And here's where I think Destination Star Trek really let me down, (laughs) I have to say. So the vendors area was heaving with people. There were nowhere near enough vendors. And um, like the Tribble guy was basically sold out of Tribbles Saturday afternoon. (laughs) You know, halfway through the con, I did get a couple because, of course, mm-hmm. um, there was another guy around the corner who had been selling some uh, puzzles and various other tchotchkes, and he was pretty much wiped out at the end of Saturday. And a lot of the vendors that were selling, like, T-shirts and things were, were more generic than I expected. There wasn't, there wasn't actually a lot of Star Trek merchandise. That's quite disappointing. Sad. It was very, yeah, it was very disappointing. You know, if somebody had turned up with, like, a stack of those TNG hoodies, mm. like, they would have sold millions because there were people stood around and the only thing they had to choose from was a few Star Trek shirts and, like, a whole lot of Star Wars. Oh, oh that would have went down well. <laughs> I mean, it did go down well. People were buying stuff. I mean, maybe it was because they were pitching it more as sort of like a geek con. Oh, that was... Sure. Star Trek focused maybe I'm not really sure they did have <laughs> they had a fudge vendor <laughs> which at first I was like there's a fudge uh, vendor what? why <laughs> but it was really good fudge I mean they actually had like cupcakes and things that were um, sort of Star Trek themed so they they totally bought into it and like I said good fudge good and I would be saying what the fudge that. <laughs> yeah exactly but you know in addition to there not being that many vendors What I thought was really missing was, um, so in Vegas, the vendors hall not only has the vendors, but it also has quite a lot of the actors and other people have their own tables Mm -hmm. where they'll sell photographs and you can go and talk to them and get their autographs and buy photos, etc. They didn't have any of that. Um, And I think because of that, there was none of that feeling that like the actors and stuff are just walking around the floor. There really wasn't any of that that I saw and that was really disappointing because I think that really really adds to the atmosphere in Las Vegas of feeling like we're all there together um, and this felt very separate but but on the whole you know I had a really really good time it was a a small-ish convention but you know just like anywhere else you'll go it was full of Star Trek fans and everyone was really nice and fun there was some fantastic cosplay and yeah really enjoyable so if you are out this way and you happen to be in a place where you can get to a destination star trek europe venue i would highly recommend it because especially if you haven't got that much money it's very easy to kind of get in at an entry level and then just pick and choose what you want to do 
that's that's pretty much my summation. <laughs> I still can't go Be- over the karaoke. Like I'm imagining, so, imagine someone trying to do like a Spice Girls song. Mama, I love you. Mama, I care. Yeah, wow. I know. Uh, Mark. Yeah. I really wish you would have made it down. Because <laughs> I totally that, haven't been that would have um, heard you say karaoke. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That would have just been epic. Totally. Yes, well, moving on to other Star Trek news. So not only has Star Trek Beyond hit home theaters, but the film was also beamed up to the International Space Station for the astronauts' enjoyment. According to Space.com, on October 4th, Paramount announced that the latest film was sent to the Space Station crew, coinciding with World Space Week. As cool as that sounds, the post also includes an engaging look at the importance of the ISS and how Star Trek has helped fuel the ongoing inspiration for space travel. The video includes interviews with Star Trek notables like Walter Koenig and William Shatner, along with several astronauts from around the world and NASA personnel. It's a truly informative video and wonderfully produced. We encourage you to check it out, and of course, links will be in the show notes. And if you're still trying to figure out what you're going to be for Halloween, Paramount swoops in just in time with an at-home guide to transforming yourself into Jayla of Star Trek Beyond. Don't worry though, you won't need any prosthetics or super expensive makeup or tools to try and recreate the look. With the help of makeup designer Joel Harrow and lead makeup artist Richie Alonso, you can follow the easy steps to help recreate the look. And that brings us to this week's first community question. Will you be sporting a Trek-themed Halloween costume this year? Send us your best ideas. In other Trek news, Wired had an opportunity to sit and chat with President Barack Obama. And in that interview, Editor-in-Chief Scott Dadich and MIT's Joy Ito bring up President Obama's fandom for Star Trek. When asked if he was a Star Trek fan, President Obama said, absolutely. He went on to say, quote, I was a sucker for Star Trek when I was a kid. What made the show lasting was it wasn't actually about technology. It was about values and human relationships, which is why it didn't matter that the special effects were cheesy and bad. It was really talking about a notion of common humanity and a confidence to solve problems, end quote. President Obama went on to talk about his love of science and how Star Trek embodies one of the things he loves most about America. Quote, that spirit of, oh, we can figure this out, end quote. It's a short four-minute video and well worth a watch. Sounds quite cool. Yeah. It, it, no, it's really sweet, actually. You should watch it. Um, <laughs> I think it's very clear that President Obama is, is kicking back and enjoying mm-hmm. his last several months. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Um, as a lame duck president, I think. He's not quite a lame duck yet. I don't think that happens until after the election. But yeah, he's been taking his time to, to talk a lot about uh, science and some of the other things that he really cares about, uh, which is enjoyable to watch, at least for me. Well, now let's bring me in to find out what's been happening this week in Star Trek Online. I'll give you a hint. There's ships involved. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome once again to Star Trek Online News, where this week, it's Ships Week. All ships, all the time. But seriously, the big story this week is all around the plethora of shiny new starships that you are now able to add to your ship roster, whether you're a PC player or a console player. As is now the norm prior to a big update, the Infinity Lockbox is back this week on PC with some awesome new goodies inside, and an old favorite has been given a coat of new paint in a brand new bundle available in the C-Store. But before we get to that, let's have a look at the latest offering to be ported over to consoles. Which would be the Dreadnought Ship Bundle. 
Time to get your hands on some tier 6 heavy hitters. It's all in the name. Dreadnoughts, they fill you with, well, dread. These tactical and engineering beasts certainly do live up to that. A whole blog was released full of stats for the Federation Yamato class, KDF Colassi Siege Destroyer and Romulan Kara ships, and we've pulled out some of the highlights. Each come equipped with their own version of the Spinal Lance, a devastating attack more powerful than standard weapons, your basic cylindrical energy blast of doom. Doom! Doom! <laughs> Mix this with a hanger for each to launch some additional firepower or healing assist, and with the Colassi boasting a siege mode also, you can see why these ships stack up. It doesn't end there, however. Add in the consoles from previous versions of the ships in the tier 5 range to gain access to those powers as well as some interesting set bonuses. Well, for the full link to the blog detailing all the stats, head over to our show notes at prior2onepodcast.com forward slash PO291. Bringing us to our next community question. What ship currently available on PC are you looking forward to seeing next on the consoles? And speaking of ships on PC, fear not, PC ship enthusiasts, you get a little love this week too. The Steam Runner, once only available through a Steam transaction, returns to the game. This bundle brings an updated model for these existing tactical ships, and a Tier 1 and Tier 5 variant, adding more to the cannon ships available in Star Trek Online. With a big push towards Tier 6 ships, it does make you wonder on the future of the Runner. Rampant speculation ensues. It is kind of interesting that you know the bit like seeing the big focus is on tier six so why bring in the lower ones if they're not going to do something with it in the future well i did think that actually and in fact i had i read the blog twice before i twigged that it's that it's a bundle of a, of a tier one and a tier five ship and and once i realized i went oh why have they done that then <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it is an interesting update. The, the model's been updated, uh, new coat of paint and all that. But yeah, one wonders. That brings us to our final community question for this week. Are there any untouched cannon ships that you hope will make it into Star Trek Online? If so, which ones and why? Hey, remember the Infinity Lockbox? It was announced back at the end of June as a replacement for the old lockboxes that used to drop randomly during lockbox events before major updates. I guess it was getting too fiddly to maintain all the different lockbox varieties and frankly the introduction of the Infinity Lockbox was met with much rejoicing. Cryptic My Account Bank thanks you. Prior to release of Agents of Yesterday, Artifacts update coming at the end of this month, Star Trek Online has announced that the Infinity Lockbox will be available as a random loot drop in a special event running from now until maintenance starts on October 25th. The latest iteration of the Infinity Lockbox has a few new tricks up its proverbial sleeves. Some of the contents of the recent Nakul Lockbox have now been added, including the Tier 6 Nakul Tadari Raider, the Plasma Wave Universal Console, and Nakul Warfare Specialist Duty Officers, among others. I should mention that not all of the contents have been added. Notably, the Infinity Lockbox will not be getting the Tier 6 Akros Battlecruiser or the Tier 6 Damosh Science Vessel. However, the Tadari Raider is a good escort-type ship that features intel and pilot seating with a 4-2 weapons configuration a battle cloak, and the spoils of the victor starship trait, which heals you when you defeat enemies. It's also got the strikingly beautiful Nakul Bridge, overall a pretty good offering. But the really exciting stuff that's been added to the Infinity Lockbox is a number of Tier 6 versions of some favourite lockbox ships that were previously only available in Tier 5. 
Cardassian fans will be pleased to see the Galore get an upgrade to the new Tier 6 Keldon Cruiser, complete with its highly desirable Spiral Wave Disruptor Lance Universal Console. And then there are the Jem'Hadar ships. The Infinity Lockbox could now reward you with the Tier 6 version of the Jem'Hadar Dreadnought Carrier or the Jem'Hadar Heavy Escort Carrier. The Dreadnought Carrier features Command Bridge Officer Seating and the Starship Trait Dominion Coordination which boosts the damage of your hangar pets when you activate Beam Overload, Surgical Strikes or Cannon Rapid Fire. Likewise, the Heavy Escort Carrier features Intel and Pilot Seating like the Nikul Tudari Raider and its Starship Trait, Tactical Analysis, temporarily boosts hull penetration when you use Tactical Team. Of course, both the Jem'Hadar ships come with enhanced versions of the Universal Consoles from the Tier 5 versions, and they can be used with the consoles from the Jem'Hadar Recon or Strike ships for a set bonus. The three-piece set provides a passive boost to all damage. Earning either of the Jem'Hadar Infinity Lockbox ships will also unlock the standard, advanced and elite versions of the Jem'Hadar attack ship pets. As long as you already own either the Jem'Hadar attack ship, Jem'Hadar Recon ship tier 6 or Jem'Hadar strike ship tier 6 as well. If you're thinking this all sounds like an awful lot of ships in a short time span, you're not wrong. And our favourite ship designer Thomas Moroni has given us a hint that it may be just the beginning. He tweeted, Given how compressed the Star Trek Online timetable is, I'm thinking of diverging Jace Cannon from Game Cannon a bit. Maybe not in a discreet way, but it's just impossible for dozens of starships to be designed and launched in the span of 18 months. So I think that means stay tuned for more news of more ships. Now, uh, Mark, before we recorded today, you were saying that you weren't really sure what the Jace Cannon was. Yeah, I, I needed a little bit of clarification. Yeah, so there's a there's a publication that comes out every once in a while, and I'm not entirely sure where it comes from, but I think it has something to do with uh, Thomas Moroni. Uh, Thomas, Is please. anything to do with our Jace as well? It was totally named after Jace. I'm not sure if yeah, it even was, like it. but it totally was. But yeah, it's Jace's Interstellar Navy. It's like a uh, a magazine that is... It's like an in-universe magazine about the development of these ships. So oh, when, cool. yeah, when we've had a couple of the major releases, they've had a Jace's issue come out with them as well, explaining what the different variants are and what the history of that particular ship is, etc. Uh, so it does make sense that we wouldn't maybe see a, a different issue of every Jace Interstellar Navy uh, for each of the new ships that comes out. Because it, Thomas is right, <laughs> if we've got a whole bunch of new ships coming out, as he says, dozens, um, in the next 18 months, well, that's not... In-universe, that's not really realistic. Um, in the game, you know, that's one thing, but you wouldn't necessarily expect there to be dozens of new star- starships being created in the Federation or, you know, in the KDF or whatever over that short of a time span. So the, the canon of Jace's Interstellar Navy might might change a little bit. How cool if the next issue of Jace's Interstellar Navy was a comic and then we could get our Jace to review it? <gasps> yes! Get on yes. that. Well, again, this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. Al Rivera at Captain Gecko tweeted, I go to a lot of Star Trek conventions, but why is it that the pictures from the ones I miss always look like the most fun? And in reply to Al Rivera, Jeremy Randall at Vorticus Cryptic tweeted, Clearly it's because you ruin the fun in the ones you attend. Which is, by the way, completely not true. Yeah, because there's a little little tongue smiley face out at the side. (laughs) All in good fun. Yes. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. 
Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. This week's first community question was, have you already purchased Star Trek Beyond and watched the special features? What extra content was your favourite? This week we posted this one as a Twitter poll for the first time. Be sure to check our Twitter feed for more polls like it in the future. The results of this one were split between not buying digital with 44% and not yet but I will soon with 41%. And of course you can also leave comments on a Twitter poll. From Twitter, Thomas Townley at King Townley replied, Call me old fashioned but I prefer physical media. And this week's second community question was, what's your favourite bug? or unintended funny moment from Star Trek Online. Gavin posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com My favourite bug hasn't been around for some time, but pops up occasionally, usually after a big release. What happens is sometimes you will beam to a ground map as your ship. Always fun. I never experienced exactly this, but a variation of it. I once beamed to a fleet alert map as my ground character and was flying around shooting lasers from my eyeballs. Great times were had. That is a fun bug. I remember that I had that once. It was just big ship flying around airspace dot going, hello little peoples. <laughs> nice. I've heard of that bug or th- those bugs before, but I've never actually mm-hmm. witnessed any of them. But yeah, I've, yep. I've definitely heard them a few times. From Twitter, Pax Federatica tweeted us, One of the old exploration cluster missions had the player search for artifacts from the third Borg dynasty. Oh, that was a random funny moment. It used to be like randomly generated. So you used to get quite a, a few mishmashes, shall we say. And I remember seeing the third Borg dynasty myself a few points. All right, okay. Well, from Facebook, James Sillett commented, My favourite bug is when you beat Hakeev in cutting the cord. When Obasek shoots him, he's standing up instead of laying on the ground like he's supposed to. The result is Obasek shooting him in the reproductive organs during the cutscene. <laughs> nice. Makes me laugh every time. As far as I know, it's still that way. I asked the devs never to fix it. From Twitter, Doug Perry tweeted, Jumpy Klingon AI team members climbing the walls in tight spaces. Jeff Vaughn from Facebook wrote to us saying... Glitching outside of ESD through the shuttle bay. We laughed and we laughed. Me and one of my fleeties were out there popping party amps and the people were looking out the glass by Admiral Quinn's office like WTF. Do you know, I've heard about this bug mm. and I desperately, yes, desperately want to do it. I think they've closed the loopholes that allowed you to do it a long time ago. There's but, still some oh. of them. Because I can do oh. it. Oh, right. After the show, After Winters... The show. <laughs> <laughs> We're going. You and me are going to have a little wonder. <laughs> okay, I'll leave you two alone. <laughs> I remember one from way back, which was when, and I think it's the one that happened on console the other, like last week we talked about, is mm-hmm. when uh, Klingon players could beam down to airspace dock and like all the NPCs would suddenly spout rifles and start shooting them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. that I that I can swiftly remember going. Like, Zone Chat used to um, light up going, there's a Klingon in Instance 44, and, like, everyone would pile in. Like, shoot the Klingon, shoot the Klingon! Nice. And you just see all, like, like they're going up to, like, Admiral Quinn, and suddenly Admiral Quinn's got a massive phaser rifle going after them, and this was way back before, like, the um, upgrade to Space Dock, when it was still around in the circle. Like, they right, walk yeah. into, like, the, the, what do you call it, the Club 47, and yeah. just wherever they could get, and all these random NPCs just, like, falling in one big stream firing on nice. everything. Oh, it was fun. I have one as well, actually. Um, and it was 
shortly after the release of season eight, if I remember correctly, uh, you know the mission "Step Between Stars" when you're with yeah. Worf, yeah. and yeah. you know uh, the cave starts collapsing, and you have to go through the Iconian gateway. Yes, mm-hmm. and it brings you to the Dyson Sphere. You know that particular mission has references to the TNG episode "Relics." Where Riker and a number of the TNG bridge op or you know crew were being abducted and they were being operated on on a table. Do any of you guys remember oh, that? Oh right, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, with yeah. the clicking sounds. Exactly, the clicking in yeah. the background. Uh, well, you know, on that mission, it has those tables there. And yes. There's Sean yes. on one table, you know, Captain Sean, and yeah. then another NPC. Yeah. And yeah. you go up to Sean and you talk to him, and he comes around and he comes back. But then you go over to the other guy that's laying down on the table and he's dead well what happened to me was <laughs> when I interacted with that guy that was dead on the table he just sat up he just sprung up <laughs> oh my god like a zombie <laughs> oh my god then he got off the table he walked around in a little circle then he got jumped back on the table and lay back down again like a zombie or a vampire or something it was and, so and on funny. our special Halloween episode <laughs> yeah I was gonna say were you playing this at Halloween was that an easter egg that somebody put in there on purpose no no it's only ever God, happened to me funny. once I was like that guy's dead and he's walking around and he just got up like a zombie like he just sprung up his torso sprung up and his legs never moved <laughs> it was the freakiest oh thing like, what would creep me out more is if during that he started getting panicking Oh, Bunny stop. King. Don't do not do that. What? Don't do um, what? That. I don't have one that's a, a... Well, I don't know if it's a funny bug. It was actually kind of annoying. I don't remember which event it was. You know the the um, special event where you go around and you you, you scan the anomalies in Starfleet Academy? Yes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah, and then it sometimes it pops out and there's like a, a, a something you have to fight. So I, I was doing that one time and I... Well, at the time I was like so into DOF grinding. So I was like spending all of my time at um, the exchange <laughs> in Starfleet Academy. And that event was going on sort of in the background. Well, uh, apparently, because you can, you can go into like red alert stance when that happens because somebody pops out anyway somebody was fighting one of these dudes and I guess threw a grenade and went behind the exchange desk and killed three of the NPCs behind the exchange in the bank and you couldn't get to the exchange of the oh. bank because the contacts were all dead right yeah <laughs> yeah so that was kind of annoying I had to change instances it's not you know it's not really a bug but it is an unintended consequence of that event and that was quite funny remember that we want to highlight some of you our listeners and our shows so send us your Star Trek story. Maybe it's how you found Star Trek. Maybe it's the way that Star Trek has changed your life. Or maybe it's just that one time you dressed your cat up like Spock and posted it on Instagram. Whatever it is, send us an email to incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. We might use your story in an upcoming episode of Priority One Podcast. Well, that wraps up episode 291 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's our community questions for this week. Will you be sporting a Trek-themed Halloween costume for this year? Send us your best ideas. What ship, currently available on PC, are you looking forward to seeing next on console? And are there any untouched canon ships you're hoping to make it into Star Trek Online? If so, which one and why? 
Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage. We would love to hear your voice. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favourite podcast app to feed.priority1podcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes or Google Play, please leave us a review. More importantly, help spread the word about the show. Invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our graphic artists Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. To our writer and social media manager Jake Morgan. To our video editor Jerry Tillman and to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, Asmaria Depost, and Gavin Lamorne. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors... Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. This is Kenna, Trek It Out, Sync 1. This is Mark, Trekking It Out, Sync 2. This is Winters, Twerk It Out, Sync 3. <laughs> Trek It Out in 3, 2... As cool as that... Hang on. Uh, sorry. I've been talking too long and like... Nantang. That was right I've, I've in my got... ear. That was <laughs> disgusting. You just cut that out. It's like, uh, it's like my mouth was filling with fluid. I need to sort that out. <laughs> Don't put that in bloopers. That's gross. <laughs> Please put that in bloopers. Please put that in bloopers. It's your <laughs> no, because you're ruining you're ruining my image as like you know. Hold on, hold on. Image. We have any sort of image. Image. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm back in the room. As cool as that. <laughs> Can't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I don't trust either of you. <laughs> at all. Who is at all? We encourage you to trek it out, and links, of course, will be in. La 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 la. I don't know where to stop. I'm going to go back to It's a Truly. Mm. Uh, we encourage you. 
Yeah, go from the hyphen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mark. Always helpful. Yep. Don't worry, though. You won't need any prosthetics or... It's just like, do you, does your battery need recharging, Mark? <laughs> yeah. But before we go, here's our community questions. Now- where where are you? Are you walking around your room right now? Because you were like, you were like, hey, our community questions for this week. <laughs> no, I'm like right in front of the mic. That was weird. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was me. <laughs> I'm, so used to, I'm so used to doing the other one. <laughs> yeah. I was God. like waiting for somebody else to do this bit. Oh. <sighs> Oh well. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many. <laughs> oh, I knew should have known that was coming. Super Guard Mario Frequency Bros. Podcast does not cover Super Mario Brothers. Maybe Super Pokemon Mario Galaxy. Go. Maybe mm. it's kind of like a space sim, or that one uh, <laughs> that one map in uh, Mario Kart. <clears throat> You know, oh, Rainbow Bridge, Rainbow Road, yeah. Well, the Rainbow Road, that one, Rainbow Bridge, something else. <laughs>